Hello and welcome to the Women in Tech and Radio podcast. My name is Camille and I'll be your host. I'm a guerrilla marketing manager at David Systems, which is an enterprise software company in audio. We're based in Munich, Germany. I'm very excited about this podcast, which will consist in a series of interviews with great women in tech. So sit back and enjoy. Good morning and welcome to this newest episode of Women in Tech and Radio. I'm very happy to welcome Sujata on the podcast today. Welcome. Thanks, Camille. It's a pleasure. Could you introduce yourself, please? I'm Sujata Sharma. I work at David Systems in the real-time scheduling and playout team. And generally, I'm from India and I've been in Germany since 10 years and I'm having a great time here. How did you get here? What did you do before? I was working in the broadcasting field as well before. I work for Signum Biltechnik in Munich. It's not very far from here, across uh, the two streets here. I was looking for some new opportunities and I was very interested in something that David did. It was in the broadcasting industry as well. And I just found some lot of fresh new ideas with uh, David working and the new trends that the radio industry has and also with the agile framework that David was trying to implement. I found it all quite attractive and interesting and uh, it is true. What did you study before? I studied my master's in Canada. I did my master's in image processing and video processing. Were you first attracted to tech or to radio? Um, well, it was normal that women in India or kids in India choose the tech field. And um, there was no doubt about it because I was not very interested in the medical field. So it was a very normal option to get into engineering. And it was also quite normal to enter into the core tech field for your job because uh, it, it just follows on what you study. I, in general, enjoy anything to do with the technical field and also logic and maths and subjects like that. So it was quite a normal choice for me. But was it just a choice between engineering and medical school, actually? Yeah, this is unfortunately very conditioned in India. And I didn't have too much of a choice that way. But fortunately for me, it was not something that was forced on me. It was something that I enjoyed myself as well. So you wouldn't have chosen anything else if you could have done something else? Oh, well, now I don't know. Uh, now, when I think about it, there are quite a few options that my friends are into. Biomedical fields, uh, gene sequencing, and it sounds all very, very attractive as well. <laughs> Fair enough. So how did you get into radio afterwards? Well, I was working at Signal Technique, which was in broadcasting field. And uh, this was sort of a straight jump from there because it was in the same field and uh, the products and the technologies were more or less synonymous for me. What did you do there? I worked on a lot of projects to do with image processing from research to production. And there were some interesting projects like uh, Tone Tauben, she's in, I think, clay pigeon shooting. There were automatic recognition that needs to be done based on real-time camera recordings and also news production, graphing layering, and also to do with real-time playout systems for broadcasting. But that was all mainly video. Now I'm in audio. So how did you hear of David? Within the broadcast industry or...? Yes, when I was on some of the trade shows, when I was doing my rounds, I did find out about David. And there was, there was quite a, on a good amount of information in general on the internet as well, which I read up and I found David doing very interesting things. What was the main uh, reason from this move from video to audio? The company or? 
Well, I didn't want to be restricted to a certain scope. So I wanted to explore new trends and new technologies and see what's out there. And what do you see yourself doing in the future? Well, it's uh, all quite interesting. I just want to continue developing my skills and making them better and also trying to do something more to do with people interfacing and in general, do something more for the greater good. That sounds very nice. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you like about working in tech? Working in tech in general is a very exciting thing for me. Um, it's something where I can Uh, let my energy out and it's very important for me to feel that I'm doing something uh, where I can contribute uh, in a good way and also where my uh, brain cells are uh, put to good work. <laughs> that's a good uh, that's a good way to say it as well. <laughs> yeah, it's, I really enjoy it because it's something where uh, my adrenaline shoots up, I say. Okay, so this podcast is about being a woman in tech and radio. So how has diversity affected your career so far and your studies? Well, this is a very sensitive topic for me because I hold this topic very closely to me about the uh, presence of women in technology or in general in society. And I think that there is a lot to be done now. Uh, but the good thing is that there is more awareness about this and there is more effort that's being put into it. But still, we have a long way to go. Do you have any examples of things we could do? Well, for one thing, accept women in the way that they are, uh, in the sense that the package they come in, because it's quite normal to have women who are uh, working and who have a whole package behind them with family and responsibilities. And I think it's not very easy for women to do that. But it's not very easy for women to also make a decision and say, I give up everything and just do everything for my career, which... There are some women who make the choice, and I don't think there's anything wrong in that. But it's also good to support women who want to go through the whole package. Do you have any examples in your personal life or in your professional life where you felt that you were discriminated against as a woman? Uh, luckily not. <laughs> I have never had that feeling myself, but I do hear a lot of stories from close friends. And I also see that there is a lot of gender gap in the industry. There is a lot that needs to be done to not only make jobs more appealing for women, but also to be able to make adjustments in the way that can fit the constraints that come with hiring a woman, but also accepting the benefits that come with hiring a woman, just the whole package that the woman brings with her, with the kind of thinking, the kind of integration, and the kind of values. I think it's very important. Aren't they like less and less constraints to hiring a woman nowadays? I, at least effort is being put, I see. Right now, it's it's a trend. I just hope it's not only to make something sound very uh, interesting. And I hope that, you know, when companies are doing it, they do it with the belief that, you know, they are taking making a good decision there. What do you think would change if the place of women was better in the industry? Because I feel like that's something we don't really talk about. We talk about, oh, it would be much better for women. But what, what would it change for men? Uh, in general, I think that we are not really living in a stone age where men go hunting and women need to stay home and cook and take care of children. 
Now it is more to do with the mental faculties. And I don't see any reason why women should not be doing things that men are doing. Because uh, when it comes to mental faculties, I think women are very much used to doing a lot of things at the same time, handling multiple skill sets that they are developing and also having that kind of threshold levels that uh, requires to take care of a family and also study and do a job. I think it's something that not everybody can, probably not. Not all women can do that as well, but uh, most women are at least trained to do that. <laughs> I'm asking that because I feel that nowadays people tend to say that it's the same whether you are higher men or women because they have the same mental capabilities and skills. Well, I wouldn't say they are the same in the sense everybody is capable of the same. Every human being is different. Their faculties are different. But in general, I think the way women are wired are, is very different from the way men are wired. Because it's also to do with the way evolution has happened and what women have always been doing. But I think when it comes to the intelligence levels, uh, you can't just say uh, a man is more intelligent or a woman is more intelligent. It also depends on the experience they bring along with them, the kind of skill sets they have and what they have been doing up until now. And also for the fact that uh, you need to give credit that women in general are more communicative and uh, they tend to have more, I wouldn't say patience, but uh, more tolerance when it comes to uh, handling different kinds of people and uh, also integrating different kinds of people, which is also very important when you look at the larger point of view. So it's not only important to have women in tech, but also women in leadership. I think that's very important. That's something that would be more representative of our society, for the needs of our society. And then I think the, the decisions would be more wholesome. To get to the subject of having working in a diverse team, how is your team right now? Right now, if you look at the developers, I'm the only one. I'm the only girl there, uh, apart from Aisha. What would be different if the team you worked in was more diverse? First of all, I would say it would be, it would appear more normal. <laughs> in your previous company, were there more women in the R&D department? Actually, in the whole company, apart from the secretary, I was the only woman. Yeah, so it was a big step up here. <laughs> yes. Did they hire another woman after you left? No, there were more men, but uh, I don't know. It's not something that I am very happy about. Do you think you would be more performant if you had a diverse team? Do you think it would be a nicer environment? And it's, it's not only about gender, it's also about age and diverse backgrounds. Do you have more international teams? Yeah, I think it's, it's cool to have more diversity in the team. I mean, I'm not sure if that would change anything in the performance of the team, but I think in general it would definitely uplift the moods and also bring more tolerance and bring in more fresh ideas. It's really important to have a diverse team, I think. Do you think it's also important because you have a diverse set of customers? Yes, yeah, sure, because it's also important to understand the needs of the customers and it just doesn't happen by speaking with them. It also happens by living in such an environment. Yeah, because usually we think about the needs of the customers on a, on a customer experience, on a sales, on a marketing perspective, but you don't really think in terms of products, right? I don't know if, that's, if this makes sense. Um, well, if you're trying to say that by having a diverse team, we could also uh, bring in more diversity in the products, yeah. 
Yeah, it does make sense. But I think in general, by having a diverse team, you have more interesting ideas. And also the way how things are developed is a, a little different because diverse team just doesn't mean different colors here. It also means the methodologies, how people have learned and their pre previous experience and the skill sets that they bring. It's all very different. So it's really great for me, for, for example experience how uh, Germans work and to uh, sort of fuse in everything together is uh, I think there's only something good that can, can come out of that. Do you think it's also because nowadays we embrace more and more agile methodologies that basically the environment is welcoming more diversity? Sure, I think so, because in general, agile also means to have that sort of a mindset where you should be ready to be more flexible and to be more reactive and more responsive and also more proactive and not very reactive. And how do you see us working like in 10 years? I think David has something which is very synonymous with transformative for me because David is always trying to do things that are very current and very trendy and also trying to revamp everything to do things the way things are uh, going on in the industry right now. And I see decisions being made in a very quick way to come up to whatever is the current standard in the industry, be it the technology or the methodology uh, or the framework like Scrum or Agile technology. And also when it comes to challenges in the industry, especially because we are in the radio industry, when I speak to the seniors in the company, it's really very interesting what sort of decisions are being made in order to tackle the challenges we face in the radio industry to be more current, to handle the trends of uh, podcasts and things like that, and how we are still more present in the industry. I think uh, there are a lot of cool things that David does in that sense. I wanted to talk also about how it is to be a parent, a woman parent in the tech industry nowadays. First, it's amazing to be a parent and it's... You have to say that, don't you? <laughs> yes, <laughs> because um, that is something that nobody else could have given me the joy. But uh, at the same time, it's also amazing that I can still continue to work being a parent because uh, probably a few years ago or a few decades ago, that wouldn't have been possible. But um, now that the kind of social system we have and the kind of changes that are there in the society and also that men are more open to such trends, it's really important that women can get back to work and uh, the system in general is more supportive of that. Do you think it's also changing the way you see diversity? Because basically you want to make the world a better place for your children. So you want to make the workplace a safe place for your children afterwards. Yes, in general, it, we can use many big terminologies and make it sound all beautiful and glamorous. But I think the simple thought behind all this is that everybody should be allowed to do what they want to do. And uh, just based on gender or race or uh, religion or whatever, there should be no barriers. I mean, I don't know, maybe my daughter decides to become an artist tomorrow. It has nothing to do with tech. But I think that if she wanted to be in the tech industry... And if she had a click for it, I think there should not be anything to stop her. And it's important that every field in the industry and also in the world should be made open to people without any barriers in general. If they have the affinity for it and if they have the drive for it, I think it's very important they're allowed to do it. Do you think there's enough initiatives among uh, schools nowadays to motivate, to 
empower children to make choices? I would say that the schools, the kind of content that is there is changing slowly, but uh, still it's not enough to empower children to make the decisions that they can. There has been a, a lot of change since I was a kid. So I would see that it is something that's changing. But I don't think when it comes to dealing with uh, kids or the education system, it's easy to make any drastic change because it has to go hand in hand with what the trends are. But there are a lot of un unconventional schools available when it comes to the schooling system here. Uh, you have the Montessori, you have the Waldorf system of education, and then you have a lot of private schools which uh, place a lot of importance directly on the curriculum. So I think the choices out there and the schooling system is in general good, but I think there are a lot of finer issues that you look at and there are some hurdles that way for the children to decide. But I think this is ongoing process. It's not easy. Generally, when I talk with people, more specifically with uh, women in tech, sometimes they say that people who are not necessarily embracing diversity in the industry It may have started at home. The examples you see at home are the ones you're going to reproduce in the future. But I'm wondering if the position of the school is as much important as the position of the home, actually. Yes, I very, very strongly believe that as well, that these things start at home. Because when things change at home and when a son is treated similar to the daughter and also the expectations are similar... And the exposure that a girl gets, uh, that uh, also a boy child gets is similar, then I don't see why, apart from the conditioning of the society, for example, my daughter always tells me that uh, she is playing in the pupaneke, in the toy uh, area to do more with dolls. And I ask her why she doesn't go to the bawek, the, where you find all the buggers and the, the bigger trucks and things like that. And she says that's where the boys play. And uh, I always got her toys that didn't have anything strongly to do with gender. And I think it's very important that, you know, things start that way and that boys are also involved a lot more in the household responsibilities. And that's when they tend to have more tolerance and more uh, understanding for the kind of roles that women go through and have to go through. And uh, this cannot happen just also by understanding but also by sharing responsibilities but yes I think in school as well it's very important to not have a sort of a prior conditioning giving more opportunities for girls to deal with all sorts of options available also for boys and when there's a preconditioning that's already occurring because of the school or because of the family I think that already creates a bias in the head of a man or a woman or in the head of a child of a boy or a girl Do you think we're raising a new generation that's going to rock diversity? I think so. I think this generation is great. I'm very happy to be able to see this sort of change already in my time because my mom is also a major crusader of women's roles in society in general. And I see that she hasn't unfortunately seen a lot of change in her time, but I see there is a lot of change in my generation and I am very, very happy to notice that. Also, mainly because many moms are working in this generation, boys and girls have to buck up to the roles that, in general, they would have to take on in the future. So what do you think we could do as a company to motivate women to join? I think it's uh, important that we showcase what we are doing, because I think we are doing these great things like podcasts and things like that. 
I mean, just to show it openly that, you know, you are embracing women in the field, you know, women will understand that, get a signal that they are very much more welcome and they would be much more encouraged to apply. So if you had uh, one tip for a young girl or a young woman who wants to start her studies in STEM or her career in tech and radio, what would you tell her? I would say just go with what your heart tells you to do and don't take a no for an answer anytime as long as you have the confidence and the will to do it. It's very important that you seek out help in every way because everybody is ready to help you. You just need to ask for it. I think it's very important to be open and to be very keen in your interest. Is that what you would say to your daughter as well? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Then thank you very much for joining today, Sujata. Thank you, Camila. It was really interesting talking to you. I had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and uh, guys, we'll see you next time for the next episode of Women in Tech and Radio. Bye.